Welcome to another episode of Ran Out of Tail, and I'm your host, Joe Zer Jr., and with me is my co-host, Ryan Greening. How's it going tonight, Ryan? Hey, Joe. It's going pretty good. How are you doing? Whoa, there you are. You're coming in a little warm. So I was messing with the board here. Hey, yeah, it's not... It's not your fault. I was um, tra- had a one little technical difficulty before the show started, and so we got that figured out. I was. You got it rained in. You're good. I think so. Um, All right. I, um, I'm starting a MMA style podcast. I started one today with a friend, and uh, that'll be posted. I'll, I. I I I won't mix it, but it'll be posted on my personal page. Right on. So, yeah. What did you end up calling it? We don't know yet. I don't know exactly <laughs> how copyright law works yet. Okay. So, are you familiar with the movie um, The Life of Brian? Yeah. I mean, I couldn't tell you the exact plot line anymore these days, but... Yeah, it's a Monty Python movie. Yep. Um... He was a neighbor to Jesus Christ, basically. Okay. Well, my co-host's name is Brian, so I was going to call it the life of Brian and then in parentheses put and Joe. Okay. That It's a thought. I don't know. But keep your eye out for that if you care about fighting. And if you don't, just keep downloading this one. We really appreciate it. That we do. Yeah. So Did you go racing at all this weekend? Yes, and I'm disappointed with myself. <laughs> Where'd you go the first toy off? Box. Okay. Um both vehicles well, my mini truggy what happened was some reason I keep ballooning my tires. And that makes the truck handle like garbage. Like what exactly do you mean by that? When you oversaw them, the carcass kind of separates and they become loose feel. Sure. You know. Um, I talked to Rod Rippey today. He's owner of Team Velocity. He also owns the Smack Track in St. Louis. He recommended that I switch to PB Blaster. It's a milder um, sauce. What are you using? Uh, liquid Wrench in the Yellow Can. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's pretty heavy stuff. It is. But, I mean, it works, but your tires go bad. I mean... So on these new silver ellipses, I have three or four race days. I still have over half half the tread left, but they're junk because they're ballooned. Okay. So I don't. Um, I don't. Ha- I don't have that problem. I use. I've I've never felt like I needed to be uh, as on with the tire game and mini truggy as I do in stock buggy. Right. So. I am still using a combination. Most of the time, it's a combination between the yellow and the blue liquid wrench. But in Mini Truggy, I use the purple sticky kicks. Okay, the purple. Uh, I might try that, too, because I need a milder sauce because I'm wrecking expensive tires. Uh, My front tires. I've never had the problem that you talk about with my Mini Truggy tires. Yeah. So. Like the front tires on my two-wheel drive buggy, they're ballooned, but my rears aren't. But my buggy feels phenomenal. But it was a yeah. stacked, stacked uh, two-wheel drive buggy yesterday. And, man, I was trying to make it out of the B, but 
Oh, good luck. I mean, I'm looking at the A main right now, and well, they're all studs. A little bit of myself, and then traffic. What was happening? You know that center jump section to where it's like a double and then a table out? Yep. Well, you double table. And when I was lapping somebody, he decided to single and jump up on the table. He did it to me three times, Ryan. Yeah. So what happens there is you collide in the air and you both end up flying. It's like, dude, do it right. I don't know how many times I said that on the driver's stand yesterday. Do it right. Singling in, unless, like, I, I understand if you're going around that berm or you screw up the corner before and it doesn't feel right to double up on. I understand then singling in and then going for it. The proper line with the jumps there there's two jump sections where there's multiple jumps is to double in it's never faster to single i don't care what you think okay so nobody's going to the inside anymore just for the sake of consistency no because because earlier in the year that line was pretty 50 50 because it was it was a little more of a risk yep to go to the outside especially there's one little groove in that tabletop that totally upsets my buggy right right there is with mine too um sure the berm before the jump section that you go wide and hit now has a really nice groove on it okay so dude i'm i'm a half a tick better than average a half a tick and i can hit it every time sure there's no reason to single at best at best you're a tenth slower so anyway but understood well uh (laughs) looks like kyle holmberg took that stacked stock buggy race yeah he was lights out he was he was the fastest guy by a long shot he threw down some heaters alan smith came out and got second and joey carlson he's getting the hang of this dirt thing again joey bumped up from the b Oh, cool! And finished third. That's great. Yeah, um, I was, <laughs> I was on his tail for a little bit in the start of that race with the B main. So I think it was me, Tony Sletton took second in the B, and Joey Carlson took first. But us three in the beginning, we kind of we ran away for a second, and then I'm sitting there on the tail of Tony, and then I'm watching Joey Carlson walk away a little more. A little, and it wasn't Tony's because I was on Tony's tail, but I wasn't faster, if that sure. makes sense. And then I'm just, I'm like, where's he finding these inches? What the hell? What the hell? Slow down. Come on. <laughs> Crash. Dude, you've been crashing all day. Why aren't you crashing now? <laughs> but he held a very nice B main <laughs> and he got to the podium in that A main. That is very impressive, especially because he bumped up. Yeah, he's he's a great driver. I'm glad to see him getting some dirt on his tires again. The and I'm sure he's done some dirt racing in the meantime. But the last time I ever bumped into him at a dirt track was wheel brokers. So that's been three right. years ago now. I want to say he was at the toy box a month ago. Right. Yeah, I was just talking about like previous seasons or whatever. Yeah. You know, he he went at least a couple years without oh, right. racing anything on dirt. So right. Very cool. Mixing it up. I think he's converting his carpet car between each race, too, so he's working his ass off doing that. Oh, yeah, for sure. 
Well, good. I'm glad he's getting out and racing some. Maybe I wonder if he's done with school these days. Oh, I'm. Yeah, he'd be about that age. So have some more time, maybe a little bit more money to burn up some tires and have some fun. Um, you had a, there was a pretty good showing there at the toy box. It looked like it was heavy racing all over the state. Dude, yeah. Um, so up in Duluth, or Superior, I should say. It's a Duluth club, but they race at the Armory in Superior. That's like... I compared Superior Duluth to Albertville St. Michael. It, it's the same town with a border. Sure. Um, they ran the New Year's Rumble. If I still ran on-road, I would be up there for sure. But what made me really happy was I believe the Huddy race was this weekend. Because that's where Jason Ching and all those guys are. Jason Ching's there with a few local guys but um john weeda kevin van ert and charlie menard stayed back and they uh they stayed back and supported the lsrcc club which i thought was awesome yeah and i mean i i wouldn't really expect anything less from a guy like John Weeda, I, I haven't had the pleasure of talking to the other guys, but always enjoyed any time I ever came into contact with John. Well, you know Kevin Van Ert, Jabber. Uh, I don't, actually. I, I really don't know those guys. Oh, really? Okay. Yep. All right. Yeah, and he's, I mean, they're a great group of guys, and like I said, I'm happy to see, because, I mean, we need that, and I was going to, I'm not going to go on a rant rant because there are some times where it's warranted. Like we had local guys go out of town to Omaha because there's no A-scale racing in the winter here. Yep. It makes sense. Go support another track. But in Minnesota for 10th scale off-road and 10th and 12th scale on road we have plenty of tracks around here to support yep dude iowa tony bacon's track is awesome but guess what we have good tracks around here that need support don't go down yeah. there i mean i can't say don't go down there but think about what's going on locally before you make the four-hour trek to iowa yep yeah, I totally get what you're saying. Yeah, support what's here. I, I thought that was awesome of those guys because they normally go to that Huddy race. Well, they were kind of rewarded too because it looks like there was an awesome race behind John Weeda in that stock 12th class. Oh, so yeah. John won it. Uh, Chris Bangle ended up second, and Scott, is it Dubois? Yep. Okay, so Scott Dubois ended up third, and then behind that was just a freight train of Lucas Lazari, Roach, Charlie Menard, your father, so Jose, yep. our senior, was up there racing too. Did you talk to him about the race at all? Yeah, I talked to him. Uh, he TQ'd, or no, qualified second round one. Um, one thing, um, stock 12 scale and all stock racing is the same in the state. It's a very high-level talent pool, and if you make a mistake, you're going to fall back a ton. 
I think Senior made one or two mistakes. Sure. So, But then uh, from what I see here, it looks like Senior was able to gather it up and win himself a main event in the pro-light division. Yeah, he's he likes that class, and that's – that's a class they're talking about switching to rubber tire first and like kind of like a test class. And okay. I would run that class for sure. And I, I kind of, I got the sense anyway, going back and forth on a Facebook post that those Northern guys, i.e. the, the Lake Superior club guys weren't really interested in, in looking at the rubber stuff because they're, from what I understand, they're really, really happy with the way the cars handle right now, and they don't want to change anything. They haven't tried. <clears throat> I, I explained this to somebody yesterday because I forget who it was, but we were talking about why I don't race 12 scale right now. And it's not the gluing of the front tires that bothers me. It's the well, loop. that definitely bothers you too. <laughs> no, it, that bothers because we've been no. we've been beating this dead horse for a while. Yes, now. you're right. The gluing of the tires, I should say, what happens after if you chip that sidewall, you're done. Sure. You know, if it was just a one time gluing it around the bead and you're fine, cool. But it's not like that. You chip it and you're done. That's my sure. issue. Maybe it's less with uh, the GT12 class. But anyways, yeah, no. Right uh, on. What, what else do we have? There was uh, Thunder Road yesterday too, wasn't there? There was. And just a second before I move on to that, I wanted to mention it looked like they had an amazing race in the USVTA class yeah. up there. So Kurt Roberts won that one, followed by Kelly Roberts. And Jared Peters in third, they were all within two seconds. And honorable mention to Mitchell Welch, he's a staff member at Dollar Hobbies. Yep. He went up there and finished fourth, uh, his first ever out-of-town race. So nice. he got to go check something new out. You know, I think they made the proper move making that a single-day event. Good. Even, even right. I don't think it was 100 entries. I think it was more like 50, 60 entries around there. Yep. But I think even if it was a uh, hundred entries like it has been in the past, ah man, that one day is just so attractive. Sure, I think. But yeah. So yeah, let's uh, we'll rewind back to Friday now. Uh, MMR Friday night action. Um, friend of mine, Chris Kazmarzik went there said the place was packed nice. you love that about winter racing there Dude, it, it starts to get chris was um, at some really busy nights chris was at What's mmr that? oh i ain't no chris yeah. raced at mmr yep. he was at the toy box uh yesterday morning yeah yeah he's kind of diving back in making up for lost time maybe a little bit right on so he wasn't doing anything at the start of the season and now he's really got the bug that's awesome so, i like to see that friday friday night stock buggy at mmr so evan banta took the win there over tor Ott, and, and matthew mickelson nice. finished third ahead of andrew Murray. right on it's good to see new people on not new but new, and you know different people on the podium and basically, it looks like this entire A-Main, it's like almost like they hopped in a bus together and all went up to Thunder Road for some action on Saturday. 
and Tor was able to get the win up there. Tyler Johnner finished second, and Brian Bowman third. Yeah, dude, I'm getting. I was so tired from racing that, so I came home, went to bed, got seven hours of sleep, got up, ate breakfast, and then took a two-hour nap from like ten to noon. I was just sure. I couldn't imagine doing what they're doing. I mean, they're staying up late Friday and then they're going to Thunder Road early. Mm-hmm. That's awesome if if you can do it for sure. It is awesome. It looked like they had a really good day there at, at Thunder Road. A lot of people showed up. And I don't think we've mentioned this yet. They've done a track revision recently and a lot of people are really impressed with it. I myself and... You know, I have to disclose this. I haven't gone racing at Thunder Road. I've, I've, I drop in there every now and then when I'm passing through the area and check mm-hmm. it out. This is the first layout that I've finally been like, yes, this is what you guys need to be doing with this space. Yeah. Because they have such a beautiful facility. They have an awesome amount of space. And now it looked like they really utilized it. The, the jumps look awesome. The obstacles look great. And every person that I've talked to personally that has driven on this layout is really impressed with it. So kudos to them. Yeah. I still have to get out there. I got to find a, I get, I mean, so I race normally at, um, Thunder Road or not Thunder Road. I normally race at 510 toy box and i'm trying to get out to dollar and it's just difficult to add another track but i want sure. to i want to try it out on and on are you gonna go to any any hobbyplex races this year any any winter eighth scale racing down there in omaha maybe but i might not i might my hobbyplex race i might spend all my cash at their april spring champs for 10 scale yeah right on so you're you're all geared up to do that one again huh oh i loved it and joe three's making such big strides the past couple times he's raced that if he keeps making strides like this i could justify bringing him again because last year it was just way too much way too soon Sure. This year, man, he could, he's almost, he was several laps down. Man, he just keeps getting better and better and better. And like one qualifier, he was, he took second in the first round of qualifying and not too far, like less than a lap off of first. Then he kind of felt, not, didn't fall apart, but he kind of lost it a little bit throughout the day, but he still, he still held his composure. So I think very good. He, That's it, exciting, huh? It's very exciting for me because for a while I'm sitting there like, God damn, does he really want to do this? Or does he just really want to take the time to hang out with me and doesn't care about the racing type situation? Because it's like, we'll find something else to do. But he's starting to actually have fun and he, he's having fun racing. So I'm happy about that one. Very cool. Uh, the reason I brought up the Hobby Plex is because they had one of their monthly Techno Winter Series 8th scale races it was down there. And this this is the part of the show. It, it's just turning into the, the Seth Van Dalen fanboy club, basically, because we got to talk about him again. 
Yep. Seth absolutely laid it down in Nitro Buggy. He sent Jared Tebow packing. Lap up on him. I'm, I'm looking at his lap times, too. He was three quarters of a second faster a lap than the next guy. That's so ridiculous. I talked to Sean. Yep. They they made some changes. Um, Seth really likes the new buggy on like the loose style tracks that we run in yeah. the MNRC yeah. series, mostly in Minnesota. Loves it. And he was struggling with his setup at earlier in the year on on the high traction stuff like they have down there at the Hobbyplex in Omaha. Yep. So they'd made some setup changes. Seth got a whole lot comfortable,er more comfortable, picked up 0.6 seconds a lap apparently wow. over his previous setup and just absolutely laid it down. But he's not the only highlight in that family. So little, bro- little brother Zach goes out and wins the Nitro Truggy class, yep. and dad finishes fifth. That's awesome. So, I mean, everybody had an amazing weekend down there. I I think I've, it feels like Seth is taking little steps again, right? Like he's yeah. It feels like he's still he hasn't plateaued. No, I I thought maybe he had found all the raw speed that was in him at this point. Yeah, you know he's not he's not fifteen sixteen years old anymore. But I, I think he's still getting faster. I think there's more to come. Okay, yeah, for sure. Um. So before we uh, give our guest a call, do you want to talk about the guy at the Marriott? Oh, yeah. What a shame. I got to bring up this picture real quick. It um, is a shame. Nathaniel, Nathaniel Hunsacker. Does that mm-hmm. sound right? Yeah. Nathaniel Hunsacker. He was down there racing at the Hobbyplex, him and some friends, Ryan Dietrich and Cole Dietrich, and they got a ton of valuable RC gear stolen from them out of their car. Yeah, that's... Mm. So So basically an entire team, it says eight total cars, so eight cars, you're looking at somewhere between 10 and 15 grand. Yeah. Right would, there for the cars and the stuff to support them, and it's just God, it breaks your heart because there's there's no more helpless feeling than when somebody steals something from you. you I know? know, but here's the deal, and I wrote this under the post. Myself, Tony Anderson, and Stefan, we managed to get all of our RC stuff in the room. Sure. It took a while. It takes like 20, 25 minutes. You go down with the luggage suitcase, luggage deal, and you load it up three, four times. That's sure. what you do. Yep. Nobody deserves this. But damn, how many stories do you have to hear of people getting stuff stolen out of their vehicles to stop leaving stuff in your vehicles? Agreed. Yeah, it's it's a shame that they got bit on this one. It is, but I mean, it's Omaha. Omaha, it's it's a bunch of hillbilly meth heads. I'm. It's not or gangbangers. I know they got a. They have a little bit of a rough crowd there, and dude, you just you can't trust anything. You can't sit there and be like, oh, my stuff will be okay. It's only a few hours. It's never okay. I remember at uh, TCHR, it's 
when it was in Village North in Brooklyn Park. These are the people I feel bad for. So it was in a mall, and there's that back alley of the mall that you never see where deliveries are made and whatnot. Somebody broke in through that and stole a bunch of RC equipment. That's a shame. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Man, I I just hope everybody uses this as a lesson. It's not okay to to leave your stuff in your vehicle in your driveway. Anywhere. Quit being lazy. Stop it. And if you don't have room, man, I bet you wish you would have doubled up on rooms seriously that's just it that's you're exactly right you you cannot be complacent in that when i when i was racing motorcycles still we brought those up into the hotel rooms yeah and sometimes you had to squeeze it into the elevator and it was a giant pain in the ass but in the morning you knew that you had your stuff right um ryan sobchek two years ago got his stuff stolen out of his car because he Park this car oh, outside. Right. Yeah, it was like at an MNRC weekend, and I don't remember if it was Saturday or Sunday. We're sitting there like, where's Ryan? We're all like, I don't know. I don't know. And we got a call. My stuff got stolen out of my car. I think he parked on the street at his place or his parents' place. It's right. like, dude, you see a big buggy in the back seat, and that's like, ooh, eye candy. Even, let's say it's even like a halfway thief, like mm, they're, they're trying to make a decision and then they're walking by a car sure. and they see that, Oh, they're stealing it. I take that. So it's just, it's so personal, you know, it's not, it's not like, and not, not that I'm condoning this or think that it's okay on any level, but it's not like stealing a pack of gum from the, the candy store. You know, it's not like stealing a, a rap seat. I'm dating myself here, but stealing a rap CD from target or something like that, you know, like you're taking somebody's personal property that they undoubtedly work their ass off for. And yeah, anyway, um, sad tale. We're, we're bummed to, to hear it, but it's a, now it's a cautionary tale. So, right. So is Ben Collin? Was that what was ringing? That was my reminder to call Ben. I queued him up, uh, let him know on Facebook that we we're going to be calling him. So we're going to talk to uh, Ben Savakul. He's a, cool. a guy that we've raced with around here locally. Joe's raced with him a lot longer than I have. And uh, we're just going to kind of get his story, you know, how he got into it, what they're doing now. You raced with him this weekend, so you guys will have that to talk about. Mm-hmm. And I'll go ahead and bring him on to the show now cool i should get music going you know we're gonna get entry me i just gotta quit being lazy and do the voiceover for the intro and exit music yep, yep. that'll be good and there he is ladies and gentlemen <laughs> welcome ben savakul to hey, the ben. program <laughs> how's it going guys pretty good how's it going with you fantastic Okay. Ben, we what? We just gonna start off simply with how was your weekend? You went racing against Joe. <laughs> we did. We had it out. Yeah. Uh, we had a uh, whole bunch of mini truggies, uh, all different skill levels in the class. It was uh, <laughs> it was a really fun day of racing. Yeah, it was. And uh, you led mini truggy start to finish. Looks like. Yeah, I had uh, I had one instance where. 
Keith Vanderhyde had just about had me passed. And then he had a big bobble coming onto the straightaway. And then I kind of pulled away from there and, and got the win. I, I, I had a situation where I was leading the race pretty good, had a good solid half lap lead. And I tried to triple up on the far right hand side of the track at the toy box there and missed it. And it just threw off my rhythm completely and, and let everybody back into it again. And, uh, it was a close race at the end. Yeah. Very cool. And how did stock buggy go for you? Uh, you know, I qualified better than the main. Um, I qualified, I had a great race with Kyle Holmberg, right? First qualifier when the track was still on the greasy side. And, uh, you know, I don't ever race with Kyle. No, (laughs) he normally kicks a snot out of me. So, uh, that was, that was pretty cool. But then I kind of fell apart from there on in. I ended up, uh, I think the only guy I beat in the main was Steve Nelson, and uh, he was pretty disappointed to be finishing last in the main. So I know it was uh, not his greatest race in the world. He was a little frustrated. How did Steve deal with that? Uh, he was angry. Um, he was uh, probably one of the se- – he was probably the second fastest guy there. And uh, he just – I don't know exactly what happened, but he just kept working his way backwards through the track, through the pack, and uh, – the next thing you know, I had gotten past him, and he pushed hard to catch me at the very end, but then something happened in the sweeper at the end of the race, and uh, he was pretty angry when he came off the track. So I don't know the details. I don't know what happened. Oh, he just that- slammed his car in the pit, no biggie. <laughs> Is that one of the most stacked A-mains you've ever been in at the oh, toy yeah. box? Oh, yeah. Unreal. Holmberg, Smith, Carlson, Sletton, Cartaluca, Dolan, you, Nelson. That's crazy. You know, and, and I, Joey Carlson comes in there and he's, a lot of people say he's a carpet guy. And at the beginning of the day, he was not close. No. By the end of the day, he's on a podium. Yeah. So, I mean, there's just, it's just a lot of fast drivers in that class. And I didn't think <laughs> I was going to do very well at all. So, and, and Joey hasn't been a dirt guy for a long time, but you and I both remember him coming up to wheel brokers and laying the smackdown. Yep. Yep. And he would do the same thing there too. He would, he would take that first qualifier to get himself acclimated, figure things out a little bit. By the end of the day, he's, he's beating you. So, yeah. Yep. Great kid. Great racer. So Ben, we talked about this weekend and now we kind of want to get in the time machine and go back and, and have you talk about your introduction to RC racing. How'd you get started? <laughs> well, I'm ancient. I'm, I'm 47, and I've been racing since I was uh, probably 13 years old, 12 or 13 years old. Um, I did take some time off in between when my kids were really young, but other than that, it's been pretty much constant racing um i started out with a hornet a tamaya hornet way back in the day and uh eventually found my way to a gold pan rc10 and never really looked back after that it was stock buggy racing from there on in and uh, had all sorts of different varieties and brands and things like that and kind of gravitated back towards the associated stuff but uh now i'm really really liking techno obviously and uh they're just a great product. So uh, I yeah, swear. Talk, talk about your relationship with techno a little bit between you yourself and Sam. Oh. Well, he's really, he's really what got us there. Yeah. Um, he, uh, we started out with short course trucks and I remember when techno came out with their short course truck, they were, 
manufacturing parts for other for other uh, companies, and then they came out with their own truck. And I looked at the truck, and I'm like, wow, this is this is something unique. And so we got one of the first ones that came out. And Sam started driving it, and he just fell in love with the doggone thing. And we've had techno short course trucks ever since. And you know, the e buggy came along. We both ended up with e buggies, and then the four wheel drive buggy came along. And Sam picked up one of those, and then the truggy came out. And that's got to be the funnest car I've ever driven. You know, yeah. it's just a blast of a class. So. That's our favorite. Yeah. So it's it's overtaken the Pro Four for you. Yes, it has. Which, if I go back two, three years, get in the time machine, I remember when you hated Pro 4. You weren't driving it, but you hated the existence of it. <laughs> they were loud. They were annoying. It was a rough class. You used to beg on those guys, but somewhere something changed. What was that about? Well, I think I never really hated the Pro 4 class. What I hated was the struggle that there was to have clean raisins. Um, you know, and the noise was, a the noise is there with it all the time. And I see people covering their ears when they're marshalling and things like that. But, you know, if you ever grab the wheel of one of these things and, and rip around a track with it and you find another person who's a similar skill level to you, it is the funnest class to race in that I've ever been in. Well, I it's, mean, even it's really the only one you can go door to door in, it, right? That, exactly you know and and i'm racing with sam right now and i'm finally starting to catch back up with him but he's been blowing my doors off for the entire season inside here at the toy box um but when you have guys who are on equal footing with you when i was racing with Stu and uh, keith gutweiler and uh you know those types of guys who are just the same as me or keith vanderheide um it is the most amazing racing that you can have and i i I just could have never been able to get rid of it. I have never been able to turn my back on it and walk away. So you're still running around like a chicken with its head cut off, running three classes at a club race. You know, and I, yeah, I, I've always said two and a half would be perfect. Three is, is too much, but I don't know which one I would give up at this point. You know, I love the mini truggy. That's it's just, just fits me really well. They're a blast to drive. Uh, the short course truck is, is something, like I said, I can't give up on that. Um, and then the stock buggy, you know, it's just such a loaded class and it's you know, normally so clean and, and no crashing and, you know, just flat out fast, well, making, you know, and, and I don't know if I could give up that. Yeah. Making the A main for guys like us is a big accomplishment. I know. I know that felt so good this, this week. Uh, you know, and I, I got there based on my first qualifying run, Yeah, but you know, to make it there at all it doesn't really matter with the with that group of drivers there like ryan you're talking about that earlier that's an amazing group of drivers there very impressive lineup anyway. so something that we all share in common um junior you've done the most of it ben's done the second most and i've done the least but we all uh race direct at different points right. Ben, you did a lot of it a couple years back why don't you talk about that a little bit well, you know, I, I had no idea that I would actually enjoy it as much as I did. Uh, when we were at the 510 there for quite a while, uh, I announced every every race. And I was racing two classes and running the show at the same time. And so I would, you know, throw my car over the railing down onto the track and, and get ready to go and start the timer. And I don't know. It's just... 
you know, it's it's kind of fun to do it. It's kind of fun to get on the mic and and kind of interact with people. Uh, I, I think for me, I, I like to entertain a little bit in that regard. You know, I like people to pay attention to what I'm saying, and uh, the the announcing should be on the race. You should be paying attention to the race, and you should be, you know, trying to get people involved and and uh, excited about it. So. That that's part that part of it right there is easy for me getting people involved and excited. Yeah, my favorite part personally is um, seeing how fast I can get a busy race day done with. <laughs> yeah, there's always efficiency stuff that you can that you can improve on. Yeah, you know, and uh, I I always say that you know if if there's if you're the race director you're the one that's directly in charge of getting the marshals out to the track. And if the marshals aren't out to the track, you dock them laps, you know, yeah. hold everybody accountable. Right. right. And, uh, it, it's always easy to say that. And it's always harder to do it when you're actually there and, and, and people are complaining and there's, there's just that one guy at each track who is doing something extra in the pits after his race is done. And you're yeah. sitting there waiting for him. Well, I've lost. And, uh, he happens it. to be a buddy, you know, yeah. but, uh, I've lost friends. Sometimes you keep people accountable. But yeah, what's nice, so like at the toy box, afterwards, the marshals from the previous race blow the track off, so I can I run, run back and get my vehicle on the discharger before I have to be out there to marshal. Yep. So. Exactly. And, uh, Ben, part of your RC story, um, one of the things that that I like to think about you is some of the adversity that you guys have come through. You had a huge lipo fire that involved a lot of loss a couple yep. of years back. And I, I just wanted you to, to talk about how that affected you and how you guys got through it and, and all that. Well, it, it's crazy because that kind of thing impacts way more than just your RC life. And uh, you probably don't ever want to get involved with this, but the insurance part is difficult. Mm -hmm. um, you can recover a lot of your stuff, but you have to cover the initial costs with cash outlay. And you know, I had I had some amazing people step forward uh, and just flat out gave us stuff to get us back going again, and that was huge. And that was like, you know, you you can. You could be on the verge of being out of RC because you're you're frustrated, and something like that comes along and happens, and you're just like, "Wow, this is an amazing community of people." And I had, I had a car, and I had servos, and I had a charger, and I had all the stuff that was missing that I didn't have to be able to go out and race. That stuff came to me just magically. You know, people got together and threw a bunch of stuff together, and. And they weren't, it wasn't just junk either. It was amazing stuff. Yeah. You know, and I saw this, this, this guy, these guys uh, posted on Facebook that they lost a bunch of stuff uh, out of their car at the, uh, <laughs> in a parking lot at a hotel. We, we talked about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And you just kind of are like, somebody should do this for them as well. What can we give these guys? Right, right. You know, and they talked about how they were possibly going to be getting out of the hobby because of this. And it's like, no, 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 don't do that. What can you get? What, what can I What can I give you to keep you in this? And it was, you know, they were e-buggies and they were short course trucks and it was a, the bigger scale stuff. And it's like, you know, whatever, I, whatever I can give them, you know, that type of stuff. When you're in a situation like that, you really need that in order to keep going because it would be really easy 
to just say, oh my goodness, thousands of dollars gone. And what am I going to do? I can't, I can't go on like this. Well, it would, it would be easy to throw in the towel there, but I think, I think what happened in your situation really speaks to how much everybody else appreciates having you around. I know for, for myself, Ben, you're one of my favorite people to go racing with and to talk to at the track. And beyond that, you you have donated so much of your time to racing over the years that it was just like it was such a no brainer for everybody to rally around and and keep some of our favorite people coming to the track. It it really wasn't even an option to to let you guys slip away for however long it might have taken for you to recoup. I have a question for you, Ben. Yeah, shoot. How hard was it to convince the wife to allow lipo batteries back on your property? So I have a gigantic steel file cabinet okay. that is lined with fire brick. <laughs> <laughs> we're a little paranoid about it now. Oh, yeah. Um you know, and we're not absolutely positive it was the lipo that caused the fire. It could have been an electrical fire because it didn't look like it started at the at the lipo charging station. Okay. In fact, the board they were sitting on actually survived intact. Huh. So, I, you know, I don't really know that it was a lipo for sure, but, you know, we kind of felt like it was a lipo. It, it could have been a lipo, so we're going to do something about it. Yep. And I just have a situation where if... I mean, a, a nuclear bomb could go off in this charging station, and nothing is going to happen. That's awesome. So, yeah, I would. Just, I would and we got do the same. bags all over the place now, you know, and it's just we're a lot more careful about it than we used to be. Yep, for sure. So, Ben, I, I've been knowing you probably about four years now. We connected at the five ten, and have have kept racing at all the great tracks that we have here in in Minnesota. And one of the things, one of the places I've never seen you at is a carpet track. <laughs> so, so what's that all about? What are you trying to get to here, Ryan? You trying to make me say something that shouldn't be saying online here? <laughs> no, no, I don't need yeah, you to is. bag on it. I just want to know, you know, what is your, what is your allegiance to clay and how does that keep you from dipping your toes into the carpet game? Um, we raced at MMR for about a year and you know, I just didn't like the feel of AstroTurf and the the excessive levels of grip. Um, I watched some of the classes there, and for an old dusty fart like me, I, there's just no way. The reflexes required were way more than I'd be able to do. I tried running a, a wheeler in, at oh. MMR, and it was just, I mean, it was just too much. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, it's just like, you know, I like a little bit of slip. The track at the toy box this last weekend was a little bit greasy early on, and I was able to run fast, mm-hmm. and everybody struggled with it. Yep. So, and as the grip came up, I started falling further and further back through the pack. I get, the fast guys got faster, and I just pretty much stayed the same. Yep. So I like a little bit of slip. You know, I like running out at Rick's Hobby Farm where the track conditions are crazy and change all day long, and it's it's tough to get grip. You know, I like that challenge. There's a lot of fun in that. Um, that's just kind of where I'm at at this point, you know. And I haven't, I haven't been down uh, to race on the outdoor astroturf. I think that would probably be kind of cool. Although I've heard 
I heard some rumor about that here too. I don't really don't know if I'm going to be able to make it down there or not. So um, that one would be kind of a neat one to just give a try. But uh, I just, I don't know. I like dirt. I like, uh, I like not having fuzz on my car. I like having dirt on my car. Yeah. The thing I like about Shamrock personally, the outdoor AstroTurf, is so they lay the turf down on class five gravel. And in the morning, the track is dewy and it's slick. You put a ball diff yeah. in. Yep. And then throughout the day, you put the gear diff in and a little bit harder tire and whatever. But the track has, it's not billiard smooth. <laughs> That's what I, yeah. it's a good compromise. Yep. So. That's kind of why I think I should, I should probably try that out, but, uh, you know, one of the other problems that I had too is I was trying to run two wheel drive short course oh, on AstroTurf. That's and that's tough. just not that's just not all that fun. No. You know, there's snap traction rolls and uh, it's just I don't know. I shouldn't have been doing it. It was not the funnest class to run there. Yeah. So you t- you talked about racing at Rick's Hobby Farm. That's out there in New Richmond, Wisconsin. It's a popular eighth scale, tenth scale hybrid, but more leaning towards eighth scale track. Um, what are your plans for summer? What what vehicles are you you and Sam, your son, going to be running, and where are you going to be running them? Um, we'll be running. Uh, obviously, we're going to have some e buggies here. Uh, we were poised to clean up what we had and sell them in the hopes that the new 2.0 would be coming out here. Um, but now at this stage, we're kind of holding off on that. So it might be cleaning up and uh, running on the same cars again, but uh, we are definitely going to be running e-buggy. Definitely Sam will run his wheeler outside. I'm trying to convince him to get a, a truggy so that he can kick the snot out of me in that class as well. Uh, the short course trucks aren't going to go anywhere. He's, the, I don't know. He's, he's like uh, organically bonded with his. Um, so that's going to be a tough one to get away from. Uh, and then we'll run FTR. We'll do some MNRC. We'll be out to Rick's, obviously. Um, anywhere that we can race. The MNRC starts to get kind of tough for us as the school year comes around. But, uh, you know, we'll make it to as much as we possibly can there. Right. Are you uh, still a school teacher? I am. Yeah, so the school year would definitely be way tougher. Like, for Omaha, I'm going to take Joey out of a couple days of school, but that means, but, you know, with school, it's hard for you to miss work. It's easier for kids to get out of school than it is for the teachers by a long shot. I mean, I... I can take sick days or something like that, but uh, I still have to leave. I have to leave that job in a position where a, a substitute can come in. So it's it's a hassle for me to do that. It makes more work for me in the long run, and it's just I don't know. It's it's really difficult to take a Friday off, and if you don't do that, you're a day behind everybody. Yep. You know, it's you, you really want that Friday afternoon at a bare minimum where you can get there, get your your feet wet a little bit, and, and start settling in. Yeah, Friday and, practice is important. Yeah. Anyways, go ahead. And outside of RC racing, you and Sam, at least, I don't know if your other children are into it or not. You guys are big uh, Frisbee golfers. Oh, heck yeah. So you're planning to still stay pretty planted into that hobby this year? Oh, yeah. You bet. I got a bag full of discs. We went down to Florida over the Christmas holiday here and played a whole bunch of disc golf down there. 
uh, easier to transport than RC, that's for oh, sure. Yeah. So, Senior was into it big time back in the, since I can remember, to maybe the early 90s. He even had a basket in the backyard. Yeah. Oh, man. I had no idea. I'll have to talk to him about oh, that. He's got, he probably still has 20 old school discs from the 80s. Oh, man. When the real hippies were making them and they weren't mass produced. It's it's an interesting hobby because uh, there is a lot of uh, the devil's lettuce involved in, in disc golf. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> For you know, sure. you walk you walk around on a disc golf course, and another party walks by, and it just it reeks. Yeah, back so, in the day, I mean, it's an interesting hobby. Yeah, back in the day, we used to uh, disc golf in New Brighton, and uh, they also had a little sandy RC track there too that we used to run on. Oh, geez! So it was uh, double stoner. <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying to convince LaRue to get uh, baskets put up out at uh, at the hobby farm. Oh, there's plenty He's got of room. Some property there. They could put in nine holes there in a heartbeat, and it would be no big deal. Oh, for sure. Um, just getting the baskets. I believe Seniors was homemade. He had a friend weld one up for him. It was legit. I remember it taking a lot of work. Yeah. So... Yeah, we actually have a basket here, and ours was, I don't even remember. I mean, they can get two, three, four hundred dollars $400, you know, easy in a heartbeat. Do you have, and then you're, you're do, having to maintain the things, too. So, right. Do you have a dome or a chain? Chain. Yeah, chain's the way to, I hate domes. When I was a little kid, and I'm doing, I don't know, a 10, 15-foot putt, and I go a little too hard, and it dings off the dome and out, oh, I used to get so mad. <laughs> So mad. you you got mad. Oh yeah, you know <laughs> I can't believe it. <laughs> yeah. So it it can be a frustrating game in itself. You know, you th- I I was thinking maybe it was kind of a a way for you to get away from the the high <coughs> high energy racing crowd and kind of relax a little bit. But so how do how do you go about your game? Is it a relaxing thing to you, or are yeah. you super competitive? It, you know, we don't keep score all that often. Uh, we've found that we, Sam and Jake, my, my kids are pretty good. Uh, and I'm old and fat. So <laughs> we don't keep score all that much. The times we have kept score, it's been, it, it takes the fun kind of out of it for us. So we don't get involved in tournaments. We don't do any of the, any of the local stuff around here. We just go out and try to have fun. Yeah. I mean, it's, you, you still want to throw well, and I've I've actually taken my bag and thrown my bag, you know, 20 feet down the fairway, but, you know, that doesn't happen all the time. I usually try to keep myself kind of calm and cool and, and have fun with it. Do you pack some uh, some craft beers into your no, bag? No. No, in fact, um, we don't we, – we bring water along. And we will a lot of times go to an ice cream shop or something like that after we're done. But we'll play during the summer. There, there are times where we'll play, you know, a hundred holes over the weekend. Wow. You know, and it's, it's just, it, you're exhausted by the time you're done, but it's a good exhaustion, right? You're just, yeah. you're just kind of having fun with it and, you know, shaking up 
warm beer just doesn't really sound all that good after a hundred <laughs> holes. <you know? laughs> so the them fancy beers, those are reserved for the racetrack. Those are reserved for the racetrack. Yeah. All right. Um, well, I'll be looking forward to having one or two with you this summer. Uh, before we let you go, Ben, really appreciate you coming on. Um, anybody you want to thank? Uh, Sponsors? Well, tech, tech, no, for sure. They have been fantastic. Uh, their products are awesome. We wouldn't have joined on with them if, if they hadn't had good stuff, if we hadn't been sold on it to begin with. Uh, they've been fantastic. Uh, Sean has been awesome to us through the years, Sean Van Dalen. Um, he's just a great dude. He's helped us out a ton. All the people who uh, helped us out when we had the fire, uh, Ryan, you were one of those people. It was There was just a bunch, a bunch of people that got a bunch of stuff to us. It was awesome. Uh, and I probably should plug Team Holy Rollers, too. We're always taking sign-ups. Uh, it's a Christian uh, RC uh, team, and I'm the national, probably international team manager at this point. So if you're interested, hit me up, and I'll get you signed up. Awesome. Sounds All right, everybody. Quick, that's sorry. Ben Savakul. Hey, Ben, real quick. Sorry. Yeah. Hey, have you played the St. Cloud course yet by the river? Yes. So, that is awesome. Good place to bring your boys after is a place called um, Insomnia Cookies. <laughs> dude, dude, don't waste your time on the ice cream. The, they they just use Kemp's ice cream and overcharge for it. But you get cookies any time of day, and they're hot. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm all over that. Yeah, I do have an amazing story about that place. Really, just real quick. Yep, I threw a disc down the hill uh, at the Riverside Park there in St. Cloud. Went directly into the Mississippi River. Oh yeah, we've all done that. It went to the Mississippi River in St. Cloud. It went thirty miles downstream, and three months later, a dude hooked it with a fishing line. <laughs> and drug it up off the bottom and called me up because I had my phone number written on the bottom. That's insane. <laughs> that's insane. That's that's insane right there. That Catch of awesome. the day. Awesome. Catch of the day for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for coming on, Ben. Thanks for having me, guys. This has been awesome. Yeah. We'll talk to you later. Later. All right. Okay. No. This is cool. I'm I'm having fun talking to some of our favorite regional people on the show. Yeah. Uh, ben Man, I've always wanted Ben cuz Ben can talk and talk well for hours if you let him. Absolutely. He was a great announcer for the 510 when when they needed somebody to step in and do a bunch of them. Yeah. Um real quick here, do you should we get into um, some of the silly season stuff now? Because a lot of it yeah. happened Monday, the day after we recorded, which is frustrating. And that's one of the reasons why we're doing a episode. You know, we normally try to do bi-weekly, but so much happened. <laughs> so, shoot. Fire it off. All right. Locally, what I know, um, Tony Sletton is went to J Concepts. Um Ryan Sobchek to HB and Pablo Ayres to HB. Can you 
think of any other local? Yeah, and your buddy, Mike Nesbitt, would probably be a little offended if oh, yeah. we didn't mention that he is now a techno driver. Oh, yeah. I just saw that, too. <laughs> <laughs> so, huge congratulations to Mike. Congratulations, man. Yeah. You'll be a great representative for the brand. You and your wife are having a ball going racing, so Dude, they keep want it up. a crawler at the, at, um, the New Year's deal at uh, Thunder Road. Actually, oh, cool. his kid did. And I guess his kids are loving that thing, too. So that's pretty rad. Um, uh, so HB's really ramping up locally. R- dude, yeah. They're, they're going to be another good team. HB's car. HB used to be... Ah, I still say is the best C-Hub car. The new Techno is very good, too. I think they're equal, actually. But before the new Techno came out, the HB for sure was the best C-Hub car. I got a boner for that new car. Their 10-scale stuff is a little lacking. Their four-wheeler's okay, and their two-wheeler, oh, it's coming out. It's coming out. Where is it? And they've never really had a good two-wheel vehicle. Right. So, but they do have awesome A scale stuff. Um, Infinity's dropping drivers left and right. I don't know why. Um, the owner of Infinity is rich, rich. Maybe he's making room for something. Maybe he's tired of the RC business. I don't know. Um, did you see any of that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I noticed that there's a whole lot of them getting rid of people and not a whole lot of them signing people. So what's going to happen? Uh, paid drivers, uh, this whole paid driver thing, I think it's going to be coming to an end, which I hate to say it doesn't affect me. There will always be 100% drivers and paid travel. But to actually get a salary, I think those days might be over soon. I would say 2024 is my guess. Um, the biggest thing I saw, and a lot of people are being assholes under the thing on Live RC, like, oh, who's that guy? Uh, Max Mort leaves JQ. A lot of people thought he left just because he has to do mandatory military service, which he does. Well, I, th- I think that was that was either JQ's initial feeling or that's just what he went with the no. first time that he talked about it. He said, yeah, well, Max isn't really going to be racing because he's no. going off to whatever. So I saw a post from Max saying, oh, I'm still going to be racing weekly. Now. Oh, okay. Now. Max, I don't know him personally, but I see him online. Seems like a good, helpful guy. Gets in a little bit of the JQ political shit, but he's a kid. You know what I mean? Yep. I mean, if I believe the same... If I had the same nonsense rattling around in my head when I was a kid to now, fuck. I'd probably be a blue-haired... You know, I would still keep whatever hair I have, I'd be a blue-haired stoner living in my parents' basement if I still believed the garbage I believed when I was a kid. 
Right. Anyways, uh, the thing about Max is, sure, he might find a better car somewhere else or a car that fits him better. But the thing about that is, it's not going to be much better. And it's not going to be good enough to supplement the deal he used to have with JQ. He's not going to be able to, he won't be a 100% travel paid driver anymore. He went around the world yeah. with well, the he's probably not. Yeah, he's probably not going to be jet set like he was before. He's not, I mean, I, I would imagine he's not going to be at DNC and all the other cool stuff that he used to get to do just through his relationship with jq because it was right. kind of like a kid brother deal it really was it for sure was and that's why he max is good he's super good he's got possibility to be in that lower pro tier but right now he's a 75 percent driver and this is going to be make or break and another thing there is What's JQ going to do for a second RCGP driver? He's like, oh, I might do it solo. Well, buddy, you're going to die in the champ in the manufacturer's points. I mean, you, you won't even be able to really enter. Or is he going to have a right. different? I mean, he has different drivers in every country. He could probably muster up a local fast guy, but. I mean, that puts a hamper on JQ's um, ability at the RCGP also. For sure. Well, they weren't exactly lighting the world on fire with their results no. in RCGP anyway. No. Max had a couple of fast days or qualifiers, but he never had a really good main. Right. JQ was around between 6th and 10th, which it's better than what I could do. For sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So that was uh, one of the bigger ones. Dakota Fenn leaves AKA for J Concepts. Uh, Reno Savoya leaving TLR. European guy, but fat, super fast European guy, you know. On sad news, Chaz Sinclair of X Factory died. He was not the inventor of the mid motor buggy. But he's the first guy to really work it. He was a really big innovator. He gets credit from hardcore hardcore guys who knows what he did. But your average weekend racer that races a just a B six one. I mean, I race one too. But your average guy who really didn't pay attention had no clue what he did for two wheel drive buggies. And sure. He'll be greatly missed. I think he was only in his 60s, too. It, oh, that's sad. that's way too young. It is. And it's like on another podcast I heard somebody say, he's probably in heaven with Brian Kinwald. Brian Kinwald's probably having a beer and Chaz Sinclair, a tall glass of milk. <laughs> <laughs> Chaz was the first one to do podcasts. In the oh, arts. really? In the RC world, I should say. Maybe ever. He was going around the pits in 2004 doing little recording saying this is for a podcast. He was doing it in 2004. And I believe a lot of those are still up on the X Factory webpage. Awesome. Yeah, that is early. I think, I want to say I discovered 
podcasts around like 08, 07, 08, somewhere in there. I was around 2012 when we started, ran out of talent initially. So, um, yeah, I, 07, 08 is really early in the game too. Yeah, that's when uh, Steve Mathis from the Pulp MX show, that's when he started kind of breaking out with his deal. And that is, that's, uh, he's almost the single reason why I can't really add any podcasts to my uh, library because I won't get through them all. How long are his? Well, he's got several shows. He's got his main sh- weekly show yep. that is four to five hours. Oh. And. And he has tons of sponsors. This guy does no, I get very, it. very well through his podcast. So there's, you know, a lot of it is sponsor read time because, you know, you gotta, you gotta give that time to the people that are paying your bills. Um, he's got his own fantasy racing league, which yep. is wildly popular. So he has podcasts for that to help all of his subscribers with their. Uh, with their fantasy game he does interviews after the race he does he catches up with old heroes of the sport that might be somewhat forgotten i mean the it's it's very it's so much more expansive than anything that anybody does in rc right you know that sounds um there's a similar podcast in mma that's about four hours every monday they talk and um Ariel Hawani show and he talks to current and former fighters like there's guys he talked to that were fun middle-level journeymen back in 2009 and you hear interviews with them and it's like oh yeah those guys existed <laughs> you kind of forget but that's awesome um a couple more quick notes Trevor's toy box we got a nice message from the owner of Trevor's Toy Box. They changed their name. It's all one word. It's pro. It's all lowercase too. It's pro, the number two, hobby. That's the new place to get your, the stuff that like pro lines discontinuing, but still works well in Minnesota and whatever. So. Also, he got a he sent a message being like, they think it's funny when we because this is uh, I guess what would it be? So would it be Tony's uncle or Tony's cousin or brother or something like that? Because he said he loves it when we uh, his kids love when we make fun of Uncle Tony's paint jobs. <laughs> I actually, I I thought of a Tony paint job joke this weekend. I saw uh, Sobacek was racing at the toy box, and he took a picture of his new HB car. Yep. And he didn't have, uh, he doesn't have his paint job from Pablo Ayers at Speedy Designs yet. And so being a, a shit brown colored yeah. car, I thought, oh, man. Tony Swenson's gonna sue him for copyright infringement. That's <laughs> that's his deal, man. Yep, yep. Um, I want to get through everything before I get through to some very disturbing news. I just closed my notes like a dummy. 
Oh, the Hobby Plex has a new podcast out. I suggest listening to it. It's very concentrated on the Hobby Plex, as you would imagine. It's Alex Sturgeon and Will Brenton. It was it was good. I don't know how they said you can search for it on Podbean and find it. What I did was I Googled Hobbyplex podcast and found it on SoundCloud because I could not find it on Podbean. Um, the new Awesomatics 12 scale is not out, but they're testing it. Um, God, that suspension looks different. I don't know if you looked at it, but man. Not not closely. I looked at it enough to go, oh, that's a nice looking machine. It's different. It's not the same old, same old. It'll be interesting if it works or not. Jeff sent us both a message. <laughs> <laughs> he gets fired up when somebody talks about how expensive uh, Awesomatics is. And then to clear it up, I should say that I think every single touring car on the market is overpriced. Oh, yeah. Right. It is crazy what you pay for versus what you're getting. It's just easiest to pick on Awesomatics because they have the highest sticker price. But with other <laughs> right. vehicles. Other vehicles, you have to buy a different chassis, different this, different that, and it ends up being the same. Correct. But it's still So, fun. yes, thank, thank you, Jeff, for setting us straight. He's probably going to have to set us straight on the Osmatics 12th scale, too. Uh, I'm still going to pick on Osmatics. <laughs> <laughs> Just poke a little bit of fun, though. Not, not relentless. Well, we have to be our truth selves. We can't let our listeners dictate... Who we are right on yeah even if, even if we're uninformed blowhards yeah um a little bit of uh disturbing news it, it it's messed up how i found out about it so there's a guy in like either the team associated group or the b6.1 group on facebook posted a srp fan mount and he goes, are these any good? And I was about to say, yeah, they're great. A guy said, no, and everybody who has SRP should get rid of it. I'm like, what? That's a bold statement. Because there's like a guy talking shit about J-Con titanium turnbuckles on one of the pages and was saying basically the same thing. But then... But the J-Con turnbuckles, it's because the guy was probably crashing too hard and bending them, and they're just not for him. And I'm like, well, what does this guy have against SRP? Well, he drops this thing. The owner of SRP, Tony Schaffner, has been arrested for forceful sexual assault of a girl under the age of 14. So... Gross. I really have to take it everything SRP. I have a, both my B6s have a ton of SRP stuff on them. I have to get rid of it. I do. I can't. Right. I well, can't has he it. been convicted? I mean, obviously, no. that's those are awful allegations. He was arrested but. like December 11th or 12th, and his bail is $1.5 million. Yeah, well, I mean, that, those are very serious charges. But, like, I think Chris taught... Do you remember... Oh, no, you weren't around then, I don't think. 
There is a pro on-road driver named Chris Tossolini that was arrested for trying to hook up with like a 14-year-old and a 17-year-old. He was staring at, staying at the parents' house, and his bail was like $100,000, and he was convicted. He served jail time and had to register as a sex offender. So when I see in California a $1.5 million bail, there's some pretty hard evidence on it. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, I don't know if it's true or not, but I heard it was his stepdaughter from his first marriage. I don't know. Dude. Unreal. Yeah. It's, it's becoming... Ever since, like, um, toss, I, I never heard anything from, like, maybe because it's the growth of the internet, but from, like, 1988 until 2010, I never heard anything like this. And then Tossolini gets busted. It's like, well, Tossolini's a scumbag. So that's going to be what that is. I mean, he's a greasy scumbag. And then Bruce Tebow, Jared Tebow's dad, gets arrested. And people forget about that. Bruce is at the track a bunch with Jared. People forget Bruce was, I believe, convicted of trying to hook up with a teenage girl. Oh, God. Yeah. And then Humpty Helms happened. I believe he's still in prison, but you know what? I bet he's going to make his comeback to racing once he gets out of prison. And I bet you it's going to be a little weird for a while. And then people will accept him back. I mean, I don't. But Chris Tossolini tried coming back, and I believe he is still racing. Um, Phantom Motors made a post about him back in like 2016 or 17. Like, look, he's winning with our motors, and people revolted. Oh, no. But then I talked to certain people <laughs> privately, and they're like, I don't under understand what the big deal is. He served his time. I'm like, excuse me? No. They're, you're exiled. That, that's the way we, I look we at just, it. We just talked about this recently, didn't we, though, where... Um, the one I always go back to is Kobe. Uh, you know, I get so disgusted that oh, yeah. everybody forgets about what he did just because he was able to make a bunch of baskets afterwards. And he changed his number. Don't forget that. The word, <laughs> his rape number. number is number eight. <laughs> his good guy number is number twenty-four. The, the and the Michael Vick thing and all that. The world. Oh, yeah. The world is willing to forget if you can do something for them that they want. God, it's Which horrible. is, you know, win a f stupid freaking race or... I know. You know, win a basketball game. Just, yeah. ugh, disgusting. Right. It's just sickening to how this is happening and people come back. I mean, think about this. There are kids at the... Take away the whole... Let's say you ignore the person, like, whatever. But there are kids at the track. You know what I mean? It's not okay. Um, let's see. I thought there was another guy, but anyways, yeah, people forget. It's uh, it's disturbing. So, should we do moving a, along? Yeah, should we do a palate <laughs> cleanser with some questions? 
All right. Uh, we had a few come in. Um, Ryan Knutson, he just wrote Youth in Racing. Oh, it's very specific, Ryan. Yeah. We'll hone in on that real I, quick. Um, well, you can speak to it. You know, you're you're sharing RC with your kid. Um, maybe you could talk about the, the pros and cons, the do's, the don'ts. I was a kid in racing, too. That's right. Um, what's tough, like in Ryan's situation, he doesn't have a... What really helps, and a lot of kids don't have this, but really, what really helped me along and what I'm helping Joe 3 with is take small steps. Like Joe 3, he just drove the car before. But now he's cleaning his tires and he's taking his battery out of his car and putting it in his car. And then pretty soon he'll be saucing his tires. And then... I'll have him change an army brakes eventually. That type of thing. You slowly get them doing things. And Senior did the same with me. Like back when I started, I cleaned my tires. And then I took the motor out of my car, but I wasn't allowed to put it back in to mesh it up. Because it was back in the brush days when he had to take out the motors and cut them and all that crap. But, you know, you... But it's hard when you're the only man. I think youth in racing should really lean on the more experienced guys. They shouldn't be afraid. But I think youth in racing is also a very good thing. Obviously, what are your thoughts? <laughs> I I don't have any personal experience with it. I know that you know in order to keep this hobby going, you you have to target the youth um i think from the outside in it looks like a great experience to share with your kid especially since um and you know core sports are great football basketball hockey especially i'm a huge fan played it you know all the way through high school that stuff's all great but you're you know all your parents can do is spectate right so that's one of the things that I love about racing in general is the whole family can do it if they want to. Um, you know, you, you get the young kids in, they have some fun. Inevitably, you're going to lose almost all of them at one point in time. Yep. You know, when they discover cars or girls or college or military, whatever it ends up being. But you just hope that um, they got as many good memories in as they could and you hope that one day they'll want to come back to it when they're a little more established and, um, you know, have an education, have a good job, have some spare money to kick around. They'll hopefully come back to the RC track and we'll all have fun again. Yep. Speaking of core sports, I'm kind of proud of Jackie. Cause let's hear it. <laughs> so she, she usually plays soccer, but soccer this year lands on jiu-jitsu nights and she literally goes screw that i'm not missing jiu-jitsu <laughs> <laughs> i was so beth was so crushed and i was so proud but that's great i i mean i think you can speak to it from what i understand the people that get into it are 
it's it's something that you know it can completely change your life and you become so entrenched in it one of the guys i look up to at work he's a senior crane operator he he runs the the big complicated stuff yep. and he is a former jujitsu addict and i know that he wishes he still had the time for it because he said yeah i would if i could still do it i'd go every day man i absolutely loved it for the for the body for the mind for the soul for all of that yep well you know a lot of rc guys are into jujitsu too like uh donathan uh zach donathan from donathan rc um tim smith he's a gracie brown belt there's a few others too, and we're trying to get Matthew Hausen from the MBM podcast to do it. We're gonna get him to do it. He there you know. go. Well, I was talking to him about it because he he had Zach Donathan on his podcast, and they started talking about jujitsu a little bit. And I was listening, and then I PM him. I go, "You realize that Tim Smith is almost like a Jedi, right?" He's like, "No way." I'm like. Do you really know the skill of a Gracie Brown belt? It's insane. But yeah, you know we got to have Tim Smith on this show one of these days. It's a Gracie that, Brown belt. That would be fun. He's a former professional wrestler who I think he's getting back into it. I think that's why he's been shit talking on Facebook so much. He's getting his heel roll down. <laughs> I th- I think that'd be cool. Oh, I don't think anybody would disagree with that. He's He's, you know, one of the the pinnacles of RC podcasting. And he did it in a genre that, I mean, to be perfectly honest, I don't think a, a ton of people are all that interested in. It's no. just he himself is such an interesting guy that we all like listening to him. Yep. You know, I, I listen to his podcast, and I'm like, oh, I'd love to drag race. And then I watch the more, the fast you know the pro mods the pro stocks the rail cars and the listening to tim i know the amount of work that goes into those cars and then i watch a race it's like oh but what i would like to try is that no prep where you get like the chevy nova body and you get the mm-hmm. certain type all that and find a buddy to race with on the street to where i like don't have, like maybe get my gearhead neighbor to get something that type of thing yep that's yep. where it'd be awesome. Um, Absolutely. Let's see what else. Kind of got off, <laughs> of course. Uh, Lathan Raman, why can't you buy tires without foams? You used to be able to, and Alakin says you can buy tire sweep tires without foams. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why that happened. Because J- J-Con used to sell them that way. Yeah, J-Con used Proline, I think you could get them directly through Proline without the foam. I bet you still could if you contacted the manufacturer directly. Like um, J Concepts here, here or not J Concepts, but uh, Proline. Did you ever run two wheel drive buggy outdoors when the Taser was a tire? No, I don't remember the Taser. Okay, it was around two thousand and fourteen right around the time you were kind of entering yep um so the taser worked awesome on loose tracks i made it a spec tire for my rc10 spec class and then they discontinued it because (laughs) that's what happens to tires that work well in minnesota they get discontinued 
<laughs> um, but Craig Kruger contacted Proline for me. And I was going to do this, but it was a lot of money for not a lot type thing. Sure. You can still go to Proline and be like, I need 100 sets of these in this compound. They don't get rid of the molds. They just stop producing them for the public. Sure. They'll do it for you. So I'm sure if you contact Proline directly, they'll sell you tires without the foams. I'm not sure about J Concepts, but there might be a good, good uh, chance of it. I, I know nothing about AKA, but I do want to try that new Scribble tire. That looks interesting. So yeah, I'd say try contacting directly. Um. Troy Gubbins just says, uh, 12 scale worlds coverage is on RC racing TV, YouTube channel. Troy Gubbins, our local guy is going to the 12 scale worlds. I don't know when it is, but yeah. Conrad buys the cab to S works and raw speed. We covered that. He's up making himself a bit of an outcast. Alec Hins, he goes, not really a question, but you could mention the growing HB presence in Minnesota and all the work Conrad Bysey's doing here. I think we uh, kind of covered that, didn't we? Well, I mean, we can certainly give him some more praise. He's deserving of it. Conrad has accelerated so much mm-hmm. in the last season and a half from and I know he's getting sick of this because I'm never going to forget it and I always bring it up but the time that we were at FTR in Foley and the whole front half of his car came off <laughs> because he didn't tighten up any of the bolts yeah um yeah he's come a long long way since then and he's in in our region he's a contender now he is and he's other he's shed some spotlight back on to the HB brand that everybody in the region left when the Van Dalens signed with Techno. Well, HB, the problem, this is, HB is rolling good all over the country. And I hope it keeps rolling good. HB's on their third or fourth owner, and every time they're about to switch owners, it's like bankruptcy. It's scary. But it's going better than it ever has for your average racer around the country and your higher level racers too. But I hope they keep building off this. It's a really good thing. And Conrad's doing an excellent job promoting the brand around the country or around the state. I'm sorry. I'm very tired. Um, I remember Conrad's first RC race. Um, it was 2016 at the Moto Dome. First round, he came to the track with some pile of garbage no-name vehicle, and he broke it. And I tried my ass off putting that car back together with zip ties, and I knew it wasn't going to work. But I had nothing else to help him except for a big pack of zip ties. That was Conrad's first time I ever saw him at a track um, let's see 
last one from because Kelly Robert goes check out the Rumble results and we already did. Rob Mangold, I'm just getting started in 12 scale. Have any tips or tricks that I need to be aware of as I am learning this class? Our local track is going to be running a 17.5 class with purple stripe tires as well as mod and USGT. Well, my suggestion is to start off in the slowest class. Do not try 12 scale mod. You're not there yet. You're just starting out. I don't care. I, I, I don't care who you are. You're not there yet if you're just starting out in 12 scale. Get yourself a Huddy Tweak station and watch videos on how to use it. And when you tweak your car, you disconnect your tubes and pay attention to what the fast guys are doing. Everybody at the track, I don't know. I, it's been so long since I've been new to 12. You've been new to 12 scale recently. Do you have any good tip, tips for them? I think you hit on most of it. Um, one thing I would say <laughs> is don't you don't have to go in head over heels, right? He's not going in trying to be in the aim man. So a lot of the stuff that guys like you would give for advice, you kind of have to take right. it with a grain of salt. Yeah. You don't you don't have to one run tires. Okay. No. Don't listen to anybody that tells you that you have to do stuff like that. Yeah. Um when you're running I, perfect, that's when you do the one run stuff. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Have fun with it. I I love driving twelfth scale cars, so I'm excited I'm excited for this guy. Yeah, it's um ride height is important. Make sure your car is always level or has a slight rake down. So when I ran, I liked um, about 3.4 millimeters in the rear and 3.2 in the front. Get yourself a good ride height gauge. Huddy makes a good ride height gauge that has a step about every two-tenths of a millimeter. There's another one out there that has a step about every tenth of a millimeter, but it wasn't a big name, and I forgot who it was. Dynamite has a nice one. Do they? Yeah, they do. Oh, that's kind of shocking. No, yeah, I mean, and obviously it's a lot cheaper. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, tools, uh, setup tools. That do not buy. Do not buy a huddy. Buy the tweak board, but do not buy the setup station that goes on the front wheels. Those are not accurate. Get yourself a good 12-scale camber gauge, but do not buy a Huddy setup station. Buy the tweak station, but not the setup station. If that, That'll make sense to you when you're searching for tools. Oh, oh one more quick thing I had about that... Um, I got off on got I got off talking about on a tan, tangent talking about that SRP guy. So I PM'd um, Jr. over at Stealth Designs about what happened. And he's like, "Wow!" And I'm like, "Hey, I don't think people would be mad if he took his uh, fan mount design. He's like already a step ahead, and he showed me a picture of his prototype." So, Stealth Designs, find him on Facebook. I, 
I bet you he'll be able to hook you up with your 3D printed stuff from now on for like fan mounts and whatnot. So, I just thought I'd throw that in there because, I mean, it was either SRP or nothing for the two-wheel drive stuff. For the four-wheel I use, uh, for the Truggy I use Stealth Design on the Truggy. But um, he only had waterfall fan mounts before, but now he's branching out. So it's good. Anyways, sorry about that. Uh, do you have anything else? I'm fresh out of content. I'm out of talent. <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll talk to you later, probably in two weeks, unless something big happens like last week. as a huge, silly season. So, yeah, we'll uh, talk to you later. Bye.